Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special Eurovision betting preview podcast recorded for Gamlin.com. I'm Richie Delaney, and today I'm chatting with two of the biggest heavyweights in the high-stakes Eurovision betting game. First up, it's Stephen Cass. Uh, Stephen, you have a never-ending pursuit of a Grand National Eurovision double that I'm sure might be the death of you. How are you keeping? It didn't land this year anyway, Richie. Bonjour. Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks for having me it's on. It's always next year, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, always next year. Yeah, far class has let the side down, so... Uh, we might get the each way side up. Yeah. Uh, and also today we have Eurovision punter Gavin, whose Twitter handle ESC Tips is well worth a follow in the lead up to the competition for some insights and observation. Gav, how are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm slightly tired from rehearsals, but uh, this is what Eurovision is all about. But we're getting excited now, aren't we? Oh, yes. As soon as we yeah. start getting to the business end. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so before we get into the betting itself this year, I was wondering if we could start off explaining uh, for anybody who's listening who maybe has never heard of Eurovision before, Stephen, maybe if you could just you know give us a brief overview of what the song contest is and why it's so popular. The Eurovision, we're, we're, we're basically explaining this, Rich, because everyone in Europe knows what it is, but in case there's anyone on your American uh, platform listening, uh, it's a, a song contest where each country submits uh, a song from their broadcasting union so everyone's heard of the bbc uh, the uk send in a song selected by the bbc could be a competitive final could be an internal selection as we call it and every country is a song there's two semi-finals and there's 20 uh, 29 acts then on the final night so our 25 acts sorry our 20 26 26 gav <laughs> isn't it 26 26 on the final night uh, which is saturday week the 22nd so, but for, for Gav and I, it is now Eurovision because rehearsals are on. Next Tuesday, there is a semi-final. Uh, 16 acts will be down to 10 and the same again next Thursday. So think of it like a, a World Cup of songs. You get one song, one country and one winner on the night. And the big thing to remember is that it's decided 50% from televote. Everyone around Europe votes. Nobody votes for their own country. And 50% from a jury vote. So Ireland will have a jury of uh, five or six or ten people, and they will give their points to each country, and uh, that's 50% of the vote as well. So you need to have the vocals to impress a jury, and you need to have the act to impress a television audience. And that's basically it in summation. And it's the biggest TV show in the world, I believe, bigger figures than Super Bowl, bigger figures than Line of Duty. Um, yeah, it is the, globally the biggest TV show in the world. While it's the Eurovision as well, the other thing to say is Australia do take part. Anyone that contract, con- um, anyone that gives money into the European Broadcasting Union, the EBU, run Eurovision. That's why the likes of Azerbaijan and Australia are in the contest. Very good. Thank you very much, Stephen. So if you know, if we have a prospective punter listening in, uh, Gav, I'll go to you for this one. What's the sort of things they should be looking out, uh, out for to like inform their bets? Uh, you're looking for a song that is credible, uh, something that is positive, elicits an emotional response, whether that is funny uh, uh, heartwarming or um, just uh, creative. Uh, it's got to have USP. It's got to have strong visual branding with the staging or at least something that is memorable or something that creates a talking point. And it's got to be able to appeal to both the televote and the public vote. Uh, sorry, the jury vote. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. Brilliant. So listen, without further ado, let's get into the picks for this year. Um, I just want to run through the top 10 in the main kind of outright winners market and get uh, your opinions on the songs to start with. So Gav, we'll start with you, France, Barbara Prally with Voila. It is probably the most French song that's been entered into the Eurovision in a while. Would you agree? Um, it's the most French song since the last French song, actually. It's the last one. <laughs> 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 the, uh, the the French always tend to send uh, French, um, but this is quite nice. A lot of people think it's old fashioned because it just suits that typical chanson genre. But I think the difference with this one, it, it's quite relatable. She performs it very very well. It's intense. Um, a lot of people mention the language barrier. Now the language barrier has been broken by Salvador uh, for Portugal a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, Evolo for Italy uh, won the televote uh, with Grand Amore, wholly in Italian. So the language barrier can be overcome with a, re- with a word that people recognise, and this one is voila. Um, so it's a, and it, that word voila is it's repeated throughout the whole song. It's not just like a set chorus structure. It is there throughout. So it, it is a bit of an earworm. Um, I would say there are televote concerns. I think the juries will like it. Uh, given that there might be some slip-ups from other contenders uh, as rehearsals progress. But um, I, I think it's a fair price, given that the juries reveal their points first in the final. One, another thing counting against it is that it's sometimes difficult for one of the big six uh, or the big five and last year's winner uh, to do well because they, aren't, they don't get the momentum generated from the semi-finals. Uh, and that's why sometimes they fall short to that could just count against France. Okay, Stephen, uh, thoughts on France? Um, I, I'd be more with what you're saying, Richard. Like, I, I agree with everything Gav said there that she's going to do well with yours, but it, it, I think it's a little cliche French. It's a bit Marcel Marceau mm. holding a baguette, wearing a, a string of garlic underneath the Eiffel Tower. Like, it, and, and I think that's passe, and people will twig it. Like. A, Gav said earlier that a song has to have quality and integrity, and I think this is hamming up the French thing a little too much, um, which I would be worried about for her. Maybe it just won't register with televoters because of that. Her vocal range is good, but she's a bit breathy sometimes in the lyrics. That'll go against her with the jurors. And she has what what Gav pointed out, that she's not going to get to perform. And I think that's a huge thing. It's very hard for a big five country when they don't get uh, to be seen during the week and build momentum. You know, people like to, jurors like to back the winner as well, you know, and vote for the right country. So if they're not on board the French train by the time they, they vote in their jury rehearsal on Friday night, you know, she might not have that momentum. So I would be against France. I can see it winning, but I'd be against them for that reason. Okay, very good. Uh, Stephen, bring us on to, to Malta then. This is uh, Destiny, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Jim Cass. It's very different uh, to, to France, but effectively uh, joint favourites at the moment. What's the thoughts on Malta? Yeah, Malta's great. Like It's, it's contemporary pop uh, with a bit of kind of um, Charleston kind of a feel to it. Destiny's only 18 years old. She's won Jor- Jor- Junior Eurovision before. She has an incredible voice. Really, she's vocally flawless. Um, it's impossible to knock her on that front. Her rehearsal was impeccable on that front as well. Uh, I think she's going to do very, very, very well on the jury vote because her vocals are so good. Uh, B 
because it's a contemporary song, because it's a female empowerment song, um, it's genuine. The televote impact is there. The big worry was the presentation in the rehearsal. Uh, I don't think the dress she wore suited the song. I don't think she's going to change it, though. So they might change the camera angles, have it more focused on her. She is the star. But on balance, it's a really, really strong song. It was a worthy favourite coming into the contest. There is concerns now. Um, Gav will have seen the full camera angles and everything. So I'd be very interested to hear what Gav thought uh, on the dress, how it looked when you were seeing in shot on camera. So what do you think of that, Gav? I was slightly underwhelmed, actually. Um, but certainly going back to Destiny, it's interesting. If you go back to footage of Britain's Got Talent, I mean, um, slightly redundant, but actually more recently, if we go to Monty's X Factor, um, uh, Destiny's really accomplished when she's singing dated 1980s power ballads. Um, she's, she's got the, the pipes for that. Um, but when you start putting a beat into the song, that's where she starts to come slightly unstuck. Um, I don't think choreography is a natural fit for her, and that showed in the rehearsal clip. Uh, and I also think she has a tendency, and um, I think analysis can sometimes be slightly misogynistic. Um, but I think it's I think it's it's worthwhile. You've got to point it out in that diva-ish gestures and. Uh, uh, facial gestures, uh, they don't sell very well on the televote. And that is just one thing that Destiny does tend to display. Um, in terms of the, the actual staging, I felt it should have been bolder. Um, the colour blocks were just a bit lazy. I'd, ex I'd expected words or mm. graphics on there, Jumacas in big, bold letters. Um, maybe a little bit of instrument instrumentation on the stage. You've got this brassy... Uh, Charleston chorus to it and there's there's nothing on the stage to uh, complement that um, and just going back to Destiny maybe as a female empowerment thing um, I think that's a bit of a confected storyline I think when watching that I don't think you see the empowerment it's not the first thing that registers to me the empowerment um, actually empowerment is far more in tune with Russia this year uh, rather than Malta um, but in terms of its win potential, uh, Malta, Malta always tends to do well with the juries, uh, less so with the televote. I think it might be a similar story this year. On a couple, a couple of points on that, I, I actually agree with you on the empowerment. It's not so much an empowerment song as a female strength song, but it does feel like the message is, it feels more like she's on the defensive from a creepy guy rather than rather than she's owning it, even though she's saying it's a female empowerment song. I get that. The, the facial twitches, I would have 100% agree with you until Netta came along and won. And I think she had something very similar. Say, yeah. Wouldn't be too worried about that. At one point, we didn't well, make... I'm just on... <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, sorry let you finish. Yeah, one point we didn't make was uh, a person of colour, I think, has never won the Eurovision. And, you know, that hasn't been brought out as a... It's, oh, it has, has it? Sorry, Gav, that's my mistake. So, okay, it's rare it happens. So uh, I just thought it was one thing that wasn't being talked about, but that's obviously for a reason. So when Estonia won it, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what were you going to say, Gav, about the um, the Netta comparison? Yeah, just on the, uh, the Netta comparison, I think uh, Netta had a theme going on behind her. She she had that craziness, but she, she had a force of personality um, that just defied nature. She was, she was just... She took over the screen. I don't think Destiny does that. 
And I think that's the problem. I don't think she's the natural fit for the song. And it's almost as if she's trying to keep up with the song. Mm. Okay. Okay. You're next up with Switzerland, I think. Rich, is that it, Dennis? Yeah, next, next up, uh, Switzerland. So we, we spoke about this a little bit briefly before we started recording. Um, another kind of, I mean, I, my opinion here is fantastic voice. Could do a lot, could go far. Gav, what do you think of Switzerland? So I watched rehearsal uh, about an hour and a half ago. And um, I th- we all expected him to maybe follow last winner, uh, Duncan, who was Saturday's piano. Uh, and do the sad guy at piano shtick. Um, he hasn't. He's he's dressed in this quite baggy clothing that it, it's not very flattering. And I think some of the concerns pre-contest is that you need to make this guy more relatable to the uh, televote. Because when he sings, because he sings in uh, falsetto, um, he has this pain etched on his face. It's almost like he's having root canal surgery. Um and I, I think what they've done is introduce a whole new range of weirdness or uh, uh, certain, certain factors for the televote to have a problem with, like some uh, arm flourishes and movements. Um, it's, like it, it's, a, it's meant to be like an emotional song, but they've got him dancing and moving around the stage, and it just it, it's very disjointed, really esoteric. And... When you are looking for an emotional Eurovision winner, you're looking for positivity um, or at least that transition from dark to light, uh, sadness to happiness. And this is just cold, stark, cold blue lighting, uh, a white modernist structure in uh, central stage. And I just don't warm to the performance at all. And I just don't, I don't think televoters will at all. I'd be surprised if it's top three based on what I saw today. Okay. Uh, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I think they're probably overthinking it. I think if the Netherlands hadn't existed in 2019, this would be the most beautiful and haunting song in the contest. He would have sat at a piano, belted it out, probably would have won. They had to go with something different because it is because of those similarities with Duncan Lawrence 2019. Uh, you don't win with similar songs back-to-back. So they are trying something else and... Uh, I'm actually seeing images of it here for the first time and I do not like the look of the staging. It's yeah, it's going to find it very hard to, to resonate with televoters. That'll make them struggle. I have a big question mark over his voice. As Gav said, he sings falsetto. I've watched a lot of his live performances on, on YouTube and I think he always struggles at the highest notes of that range. And if that happens again, yeah, I think they could struggle. They're very, very short. Wouldn't be going near them. Okay. Uh, Stephen, let's move on and talk about Italy. Uh, I am. I mean, I was having a listen to this earlier on, and I don't. I'm, I'm struggling to understand why it's so high up the list. Um, currently, best price, I think, around six or seven to one. Uh, maybe you can tell me why. No, I, I, it's not one I like either. I think it starts out great. It's got a kind of a white stripes feel, a bit of rock and roll, but the, the, it then moves into a really roary, screamy, shouty version in the course. Um, I think his voice isn't that good to hold in the course. I can't see how it can do that well with yours. Uh, it's very negative and shouty and slit, slit, uh, slit thrust, cutthroat gestures, which, you know, those kind of, neg- you know, you're not warming to the song. While the act looks cool and they look slick and the Italian language always sounds great, Italy also always have a worry. We won't see them 
rehearse until Thursday. They always have a worry in how they stage things. They've made a mess of um, countless songs in the last uh, eight or nine years. So I would also be against Italy uh, unless there's real momentum comes behind it. Any counterpoints to that, Gov? Yeah, just to add, really, is that uh, Italy always tend to turn up cold on day one of rehearsals. So you would expect there to be a little, uh, a few worries around the press room and that price should drift out a little bit. Uh, so it, it could be a worthwhile back um, after rehearsal one. One thing I would say in Italy is that they, even though the song uh, may be rock and uh, not suited to Eurovision, um, the, the only rock song that's really come close to winning Eurovision was the Turkish one uh, from Manga. Uh, so many years ago when Turkey were in the contest. That was brilliant, but it was more pop rock, whereas this is uh, is White Stripes-esque. Mm. Um, it's much heavier. One thing I would say is it's very stylish. Uh, you can tell that the, uh, that the Italians, they'll deliver it well. I think juries will like it because it's credible, it's chartable, and hit potential is one of the marking criteria. I think it's difficult to judge uh, rock lyrics. I, I think they do a good job of the rock lyrics. Um, I would think it'll do okay, but the Italian music scene is massive, so I would I would most certainly expect a decent televote regardless. So I think it's a comfortable top 10, and I think when we get to the end of next week into the semi-finals, maybe we'll start looking and seeing if, it's, if it really is a challenge. Yeah, I, okay, I agree. Cool. I think it's, 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 it'll sail into the top six, but I, I don't know about getting in for the win. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So Iceland, um, strong favourites last year. Uh, is there something to be said, Gav, that because they were strong favourites last year, they're not higher up the list last year? If this if this was a different contest, uh, would Iceland be closer to the top? Um, no, is the answer. Um, <laughs> I really just don't get this. Uh, last year's song, I mean, I don't think last, uh, last year's song would have won either. I, I think Russia would have won last year. Um, but Iceland, it, it hasn't really got a chorus. Um, it's a little bit quirky in the way it's delivered. It has that sort of eight is electronic vibe going on. I think the way that they deliver it on stage, it's almost like cut and paste of last year. It's almost as if they're a one trick pony. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's anything new. Now, in the build up to every single contest, you have the fan polls and you usually have the pre contests and fans bless them, they do get excited quite easily. And these guys have already got a massive fan base. So I think a lot of the momentum on the markets is on the back of that. It's worth remembering that when the song was first released, it drifted like a barge. And mm. it's only just recently come in since yesterday when you've got a lot of the fan noise in the arena that has driven the Iceland price down. Um, again, if you think of uh, Eurovision songs that tend to do well of this genre, there tends to be a touch of comedy or cute comedy. Uh, look at the Russian grannas for that. Uh, if you're looking for novelty, uh, it tends to be something like uh, Verka. So again, that sort of cheeky, humorous uh, style. This is just nerdy. And I don't... I, the, the, the main Eurovision audience won't really know what happened last year. They won't really know about the Eurovision film and this Icelandic Netflix conspiracy. Um, so to me, I, I struggle to see it making top 10. I mean, it might just creep into 8th or ninth, but no, nowhere higher. Yeah. Stephen, what do you think? Uh, Gav said 
kind of kind of a cut and paste sort of there as well. Would you be on board with that? Certainly a cut and paste and how they're presenting themselves. And, and that's fair enough because they do have a style and they do have a general quirkiness and in inverted commas about their act. But it looks a bit forced this year. Um, they're making every effort to get on the PR train with gimmicks of computer games and cool looking buses and yeah. you know I'd say they'll be very happy selling merch on the back of this but I, I can't see how they can win I've listened to this song I've definitely heard this song like the poor girls that work I, I own a, a shop like a kind of a, a food shop and the poor girls that work here literally it's Eurovision the last three months non-stop so I've heard this song hundreds and hundreds of times I can't remember it I can't sing it back to you um, all I think about is think about things from last year to popping into my head. Uh, it's not memorable. There isn't enough people around Europe that will remember Daddy Frey from last year to say, oh, they're the guys that were going to win it last year. That is nonsense. They've only had 78 million Spotify plays. Um, Duncan Lawrence, for example, is 350 million. And I can yeah. guarantee you 99% of the people watching will not know who Duncan Lawrence is. So I just, yeah, it's forgettable. Um, it's gimmicky. It's a shtick. I don't like it. Okie doke. So moving on to Bulgaria, Stephen. This one feels it feels kind of kind of current to me. But is it? I mean, is it going to be worth a bet? I'm gonna let Gav take over on the positivity of this one. I think because again, um, it's it's a song that goes nowhere. I don't think there's any. It's not commercial. I think her voice is fine. I thought her outfit for the rehearsal was dull. Uh, the gimmick with the sand was good. They have, a, they have, they seem to have a good presentation of the song, but I find it very, very boring, uh, listless, um, and I don't have much to say in it. But I think Gav's going to be more positive on this, and it's about time one of us was positive about something. So, Gav, you take it away there. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I, it was twenty odd to one the last couple of days, uh, and it's drifted to uh, below tens, so it, it's going in the right direction. Um, when the Bulgarian songs first emerged on the scene, they had five to pick from, uh, and I wasn't really a big fan of any of them. I was saying, right, well, some of these won't qualify. But this particular one, when you really play it, um, it has immense build. And I think it's just one of those songs that can't be on in the background. It has to be one that has some sort of focus to it. You've got to pay attention to it. And I think, therefore, the contest and the fact that it's got staging going with it helps it. Uh, there's some nice narration. There is a bit of a PR angle in the sense that her dad is critically ill in hospital and he's featured as a photo uh, as part of the staging. Um, she delivers it exceptionally well. I think it is commercial in the sense that uh, there, there is music that exists like this. Um, I can't say I listen to most of it. Um, but I think... What I saw today is that they've got the bare bones of the story that they want, and I think it's it stands it stands out well versus most of the other stuff that we've seen. I think the juries will like it, especially with Switzerland falling back, and I think the televote will also like it once they get to see it again compared against the rest of that semi-final. Um, I think it's a top five. It's a certain top ten. And I think it has the potential to challenge, given that it is such an open year. Okay, very good. We'll move on to Cyprus and El Diablo. So one of the things I noticed about this one, Gavin, I'd be interested to hear if you agree with me or not, is there's quite a noticeable sort of a kind of tempo change or something in this song. And I wonder if that's going to be difficult to pull off live. 
I think they've managed it okay live, actually. Uh, it, it, she sings it fine. Uh, can be a bit nasal, but I think that's her style. The visuals are probably a bit too red now. Okay, it's El Diablo. You want the, the devilish side of things to it to shine through. Uh, I think it's just a little bit too sexual in its presentation. I, hmm. If you think of classy songs that have done well in the past, uh, they've been dance-led. Um, if you look at Fuego uh, from a couple of years ago, that was very much MTV, in-your-face, um, hairography. Um, again, very dance-led, good pop song. This is a good pop song, but it's just a little bit too sat on the floor, doing squats, that sort of stuff. You know, it's fine. The dads will like it. Um, but I think there needed to be more dance to it or at least something some more movement or some more light at the moment it just feels a bit too stuck in red Mm. um and i'll be honest i see it struggling to make the top 10 i think it's more like a a 13th to 15th okay cool steven yeah it's just not a good song uh you know amongst a a lot of up-tempo female uh pop songs this is one of the lower ones so no i don't understand its position in the market don't think it's any chance okay fair enough uh steven with ukraine and um, you know god mentioned earlier there with voila that there's there's a word or there's a hook for you know english speakers to to hang on to and maybe get behind is there anything in this song that they can get behind oh absolutely this is brilliant like this is uh techno folk ethno i don't know what you'd call it but it, it it is a techno track it has a brilliant build it's catchy it's memorable um the female lead is 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 fantastic they had a version of this song out the original version it was better than the but it was longer than three minutes every song in the contest has to be exactly bang on three minutes they've tweaked it around um, it's not as strong, but I still love it. Uh, the stage presentation was 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 pretty good. I'd like to have seen them gone with their original concept um, in the kind of the nuclear suits or whatever you'd call them, the nuclear wasteland. But they're still gone with a concept like that. This song is very different. Uh, you could see momentum behind it and people latching onto it. A lot of the a lot of what Gav and I have talked about so far has been negative on the front of the market. Therefore, some. There has to be something we think will come emerge from the pack. Ukraine is the one one of the ones that I think can emerge from the pack. There was money for it. It's now into kind of 33s. Um, but that's still an okay price. I do think this can continue its momentum. Really, really good song. Love it. Okay. Uh, Gav, do you agree there? I think it's, it's definitely got a USP. I think it could sneak a top three in the semi-final. I think it's a bit too weird for the mums and dads at home, though. Uh, the Eastern Europe will probably pick up on that. Uh, some of the instrumentation probably appeals a little bit to Balkan countries as well. I just think it's a little bit too esoteric to pick up the mainstream support that's required to get that uh, sort of first or second slot. It is It is a song I think might struggle with the Western Televote. Um, yeah. I, and it's one will jurors vote for it? I think they will because it's different enough um, you know and there's a lot of artistic merit to it and the performance is excellent but I think Gav could be right there it's it's one I've, I was I was telling my friends to back this when it was two, three hundred to one, two hundred to one, 150 to one and they were and they're saying to me now can this win and I, in my gut I don't think it can win because I don't think it can 
get that balance of jury vote, tally vote across Europe. But I do think it could head on a journey, certainly top 10, and it's about even money for that. Yeah. Um, and maybe, 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 maybe head for the top four. Yeah, because I know, Stephen, you tipped this one at, uh, I think it was 100 to 1 for your anti-post for gambling.com, wasn't it? And it's, what, it's collapsed now to... Yeah, was it, plenty of 33s there and I'd be quite hopeful on the top four part of it you know I do think this is going to be up there up there in the top eight uh, and just you know it's on the night it's 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 how wider Europe televote takes to it then whether it is difficult to sneak into it is difficult to sneak into a top three or four you have to be doing well in the jury vote and the televote um, so at the moment, I wouldn't be holding out too much hope we get that top four part of that 100 to 1, but there is a chance and there is, there could be momentum behind it and there is, you know, a path to victory, as they say, um, but it is an outside chance. Okie dokes. So moving on to Lithuania, this is Discotech by the Roop. Um, I think we're around 33 to 1 there at the moment as well. Gav, out of all the tunes we've talked about so far, I feel like, you know, if I was trying to explain the Eurovision to somebody who was completely outside of the contest, this is something that I'd send on to them. Yeah, this is, uh, this is what British people would think Eurovision is. 100%. Um, yeah just because it has that sort of quirkiness to it. What I would say on Lithuania is that last year they sent, uh, was it called Fire? Yeah. I, yeah, it was called Fire, and it was a much more credible song, and it had real stage impact, and the weirdness of some of their dance moves, they sort of went with the, the song. This year, the song is a little bit lesser in quality, but the weirdness has been ramped up, and I think that will harm them with the juries. I think the Lithuanian diaspora will be energised anyway, so I think it'll get a reasonable televote. Uh, but I think it's a, a top 10 best, this one. Stephen? Yeah, I, I kind of agree on that. I actually had my first bet um, this year was on this song. When I heard it initially, I was like, this is fantastic, getting vibes off it. Um, it starts out really well, and it, it captures a lot of you know, the, the, the lockdown blues and dance dance alone and all that kind of stuff it has going on. And it is a nice message. Your man's charismatic, but the, the last minute and a half of the song is dull. It peters out. There isn't a catchy chorus, really. Uh, the dance acts, the dancing, the choreography feels forced. It's disjointed with the song. Gav alluded to that. Um, so, yeah, passing over this one as well. Fair enough. Okie doke. So, uh, Stephen, in 2006... Finland did it before with uh, with Lordy. Could twenty twenty one be another year for uh, for some sort of heavy metal 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 song to to do it? No chance. This song is absolutely mm. no. I really don't understand this uh, this this song's place. Like as rock songs go, it would have been contemporary in two thousand and one, maybe kind of Linkin Park era uh, when those guys were around. Yeah. But it sounds really dated to me. It's very negative, very forceful. Hard for the jury to give a points because the lyrics are sketchy you know uh, at best people can look into them if they want uh, no this is no chance Gav what he said what he said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair enough um, right so guys before we move on uh, I want to talk about the semi-finals in a moment could we just touch on the Irish and UK entrance um, Stephen Leslie Roy uh, with maps where do we stand um, it's a hard song to get a gauge on because it's a hard song to pigeonhole you know, there's kind of shades of Dolores O'Riordan, Cranberries, but also the cores. 
it, it struggles to have a memorable chorus. Um, a lot of lyrics, a lot. She has a lot of words to sing in the three minutes. Very breathy uh, vocals. Yes. She's not the best singer we've ever sent. Uh, when you look at what we would have sent in the 90s, I think it has absolutely no chance of quality. It's a bit, bit disjointed or something, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and it's kind of shouty, and it's, I think the message, the, the, the maps being the title of the song is confusing, uh, especially if English isn't your first language. Never mind, it's confusing me anyway. Um, mm. She's kind of trying to portray the act then as if she's searching and looking and hunting around, and she eventually finds where she's going, but it's all disjointed is the word you use. Uh, I'd 100% agree with that. Um first impressions weren't good on it either a very breathy vocal she sings with a kind of an american affectation which drives me crazy she you know that <laughs> yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. like you're, you're irish you don't need to put on that uh, los angeles stuff um, yeah. did, did don't, i just i really don't like the song uh, and i don't think we'll be qualified fair enough uh, gav what do you think yeah i think for someone who is for such a frenetic song and given that she struggles with the vocals, a little bit breathy or struggles to keep up, I'm surprised that they sent her on an obstacle course on stage. And, um, and what they've done is uh, they've done this perspective play where she's looking through miniature picture frames, but obviously they're, they're full screen uh, on, the, uh, on the main TV screen. And they've got like flick pads uh, going on beside her, showing little animations. It's just very busy, very messy. And yeah, I unfortunately, I, I think it's going to struggle to recover and probably won't qualify. The, the, the concept, Gav, is what they're calling the, the concept a storybook. And last year's concept, unbelievably, for a different song, was also a kind of a, a flip book storybook. So it, it's a real Irish solution to an Irish problem that we tried to save a few quid and use the same gear. And, you know, it's showing in the, in the stage yeah. show, I think. This is, this is a another poor year for us yeah um okay cool so gav james newman with embers i'm i'm all right on this from a from a just from a general song standpoint i think it sounds okay quite current what do you think yeah it's it's pretty current if let's say you were about five or six years ago <laughs> uh yeah it's it's sort of lost its current uh sound but i think the instrumentation on this is quite basic you, when you put it next to a rudimental track or something, you, you hear much fresher music, uh, a much fresher composition behind it. With this one, you can tell the BBC have got attached to it and they've stripped out stuff and it's just very basic. And you just know that the staging is going to be ultra vanilla. Um, and I think that sums up the song. It's ultra vanilla. Um, the usual sort of folk in the TV world are excited by it. They think, oh, it's the best song that we've sent for years. Well, actually, it probably is, but... It's still going to be bottom five. Yeah, he's uh, he's related to John Newman, is he? Yeah, I would say that they probably approached John, and um, he wasn't available, so to speak. So here's here's my my cousin, here's, is here's, his cousin, <laughs> brother. Yeah, they're brothers. Brother, okay, yeah, okay. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, thoughts? Uh, look, I think he's he's bullet train, and John Newman is Frankel. If you're talking about brothers, like this is you know. Yeah. Alan Shearer's brother is probably not much use at soccer either. Like this, he's fine and he's very good vocally, but I can't see how he can put on a stage show. He's very static 
in anything he does and he's all a lot of hand gestures it'd be interesting to see how the UK stage it but I think Gav and I and seasoned Eurovision watchers can already see how it's going to be staged and they're going to make a ball to it and it's going to be bottom five yeah cool okay guys let's um let's get into the the kind of nuts and bolts of the betting then so two semi-final nights 18th and the 20th gab I'll, I'll start with you for this is there anything interesting or any sort of value to be found in either of the semi-finalists this year yeah in semi-final one i would probably go towards russia uh, it's an immense song um it's got a sort of big missy elliott beat in it yes it's in russian but russia has immense support uh, as we've found over the years uh, they haven't done so well recently. They've had a non-qualification. But I think people get a little bit too attached to that non-qualification. I think that the beast is sleeping or the bear is sleeping. But um, I think it's a really energetic song. It's had lots of negativity in the home nation, um, the sort of uh, conservative versus um, the liberal movement. Um, I think it could surprise a NABA top three if Malta falls back a little bit more maybe it could do even better um, my view is never underestimate Russia okie dokes that's, that's uh, something to be chewing on Stephen semi-finals yeah like semi-final one um, which I think we're doing first Rich I, I actually 100% agree with, with Gav I think the momentum could be there for Russia there was negativity about this song basically because they expected Russia's act from last year to attend. All of a sudden that wasn't happening. They rushed together a national final. Um, it was kind of a messy, messy uh, process and it was rushed. But what has come out of it is something absolutely fantastic. Um, her act is brilliant. She somehow manages to meld R&B and rap and like traditional Russian kind of chanting in the chorus but it works she's an absolute star i can definitely see momentum come behind her this is proper female empowerment message so she comes out in sort of a, a matryoshka dress which is woven from a fabric contributed from women all over russia she then strips that off and goes into a jumpsuit almost like a communist workers party suit but it's not it's like a modern woman in her jumpsuit and she can pull it off i i definitely think this song could contend for the outright win, it could be one of those ones that comes from nowhere. And 25-1 to 1 for the semi-final is fair. I do think Malta are going to win this semi-final, but I like the each-way stamp because I think Cyprus, uh, Sweden, Lithuania, they're all ahead of it in the semi-final market, and I would have it. Uh, I could see it uh, finishing ahead of those songs. So I like the price of Russia uh, in semi-final one. Uh, to, to, like Gav said, I think 25-1 to 1 is very fair. Brilliant. Uh, Gav, semi-final two, any thoughts there? Uh, I would jump to uh, Greece. Um, Switzerland has fallen back a little bit. I think Iceland, whilst it might get a little bit of PR to maybe drag it all the way to maybe fourth or fifth, I actually think the, the little gem in this one is Greece. Uh, they promised a big staging production. Um, as you uh, American listeners might not know, or even some European listeners might not know of the Dream Team, which is basically this Greek, uh, this Greek uh, production team with uh, Philip Kirkorov, uh, who is uh, very heavy, very big in Russia and the East, um, and they always tend to latch on to either Greece, Moldova, or Russia as a production. And Fokas is the uh, the staging genius. Um, what we've got is something very, very similar to Sergei Lazarev. Uh, so you've got this. Uh, 
what would you say, effect behind, like green screen effect going on behind uh, Stefania, who's the lead singer. And it's a very 80s driven song. So you've got this sort of 80s city skyline flying. Well, she's flying through the skyline. It's grey, pink, white. They also use the uh, the chroma key or the green screen effect on dancers. So parts of their bodies disappear. So it's just very visually effective. Uh, what I saw the other day is a work in progress, but even then it was brilliant. And I'm still surprised that Greece has stayed at the price it is. Um, I think that could come really short after its first viewing, semi-final two. And I think there could be some momentum now that the Greek diaspora uh, has woken up after like eight years of slumber of sending songs that just don't represent them. Um, I think Greece is definitely top 10. Um, it could potentially win the semi, uh, if not top three, uh, but it could potentially land a podium in the final. Gav, can it win the semi from its drawn five in the semi-final? Um, okay, so, um, um, what's his name? Norwegian guy. He won from slot one. Oh, Rybeck. Alexander Rybeck, yeah, yeah. 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 And you can do. I just think it's a tough draw with um, with the Swiss coming later and and so on. But uh, un- unbelievably, actually, Rich, myself and Gav have never met, never spoken until we came on this podcast together. <laughs> and I fancy Greece. I think uh, Stefania. She just is a star. She is a ready-made pop star. She's got this really cool husky vocal. The song. In in uh, in the lead up, everyone was saying this song is passe. It's eighties dated cliche, trying to do the weekend. But I think it's a really good, good version of that current um, that current trend for eighties mix, but contemporary. This is more like a weekend track that you're getting the good elements of the eighties, the you know good use of synths, but in a contemporary pop track that sounds modern. And she is really good. Her voice is brilliant. Uh, it's very, very jewelry friendly because she has this really cool husky tone to her voice, but can hit the high registers. Uh, it's very televote friendly. She looks great. Um, everything's just the whole package is fantastic, and this is a much nicer semi final for a bet because while we might back Russia in the other semi final, it's going to be hard for them to topple Malta, but good price. Switzerland, Bulgaria, Iceland—they are beatable, and uh, hopefully Greece is the one to do it. Hundred percent agree with Gavin this one as well. So we might do a little each way double on Russia and Greece for the semi-finals. Not everyone is betting each way on those. Watch your bets, but uh, bet three six five certainly are. Brilliant. Okay, cool. So guys, I wanna um, I'm gonna get you to give me your your best bets in a moment. But before we do that, um, I want to isolate the the final itself. Um, and maybe, yeah, Stephen, I'll, I'll stick with you. Who's who's winning Eurovision 2021? Yeah, pro- probably uh, best bets. I don't have too many side markets and things. I have one or two, but I'd be very strong on backing Malta to win Eurovision now at 4-1 to one each way with four places. Uh, I think she Gav has raised some concerns on how she's going to perform, but I think I've seen enough of her that that's not an issue. She is a vocal goddess she's going to absolutely rage with the juries no problem to win eurovision you have to be hitting the top three in both the jury vote and the telly vote and there's not that many songs that look likely to do it she looks nailed on to do it i think with the jury vote she's going to be up there um it's a very contemporary song it's 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 you know it, it's going to work really well with uh, younger voters and that can help you win eurovision in the last few years um i just think it's telly vote gold and yeah malta i can't see him out of the four so i would be backing 
Malta each way outright. And like I said, with the shape of the market, I'd also like to back, you could take your pick, maybe Ukraine, but certainly uh, Russia and Greece in the outright as well. Very good. Gav, over to you. Who is uh, Who's winning? I think it's still too open, uh, and I, I wouldn't want to make a prediction. Um, but uh, rather than back the ones who we think are in contention, I, I, I think at this point, if I was advising a punt for the for maybe the each-way spot, I would be looking at the, the Greece uh, and Russia bets. Um, further afield, maybe in the top 10, I'd be taking the certainties that we think are Bulgaria, Greece, um, Russia. Uh, I'd maybe even take a punt on Ukraine, but uh, Russia's a good one for me. Um, and then maybe in one of the side markets, top Nordic. Uh, now, if we think the Iceland hype is a little bit over the top, uh, Finland, it's a bit too heavy for the mums and dads at home. Uh, Sweden, very underwhelming. I, I, I still think that only creeps home in the semi-final in sort of 8th to 10th. I hope you're going um, where I think you're going. I Don't go for Norway. Please say Denmark. I'm actually going to be going for Norway. Uh, I thought you would. Top, Norway. Yeah. <laughs> I love Denmark Top myself, Nordic. but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't so think Norway would be my qualify. You think they'd qualify, uh, Gav, Norway? Uh, trouble is the, the, the Nordics are so bad this year. Yeah, so it's, it's a weak contest. So something's something's got to get through. If if they all if they all get wiped out, then you know that they may that may help your Maltese bet. People but it also are probably might help Greece. People are probably wondering, like, what about Sweden every year? Sweden Sweden have sent an act who is more than capable of winning Eurovision with a really dated song. I mean, if the UK were singing this song, it'd be nailed on to finish last. Just the fact that yeah. Sweden, it might creep into the top 10, but it's such a weak song, it won't be doing much else. So that's that's kind of where, where, where Sweden are. Very good. Okay, cool. So listen, if I have to, if I have to push, Gav, what's, um, what's your favourite bet for the whole competition? Ooh. Um, I, I think I'd stay on the... I'd stay on the Bulgaria train for the moment, so Bulgaria. Okay, and Stephen? We talking outrights are our best bet overall here, Rich. Overall. Um, I'll add another one into the mix that I think, I just think Albania could really do well with jury votes. I think she has an incredible voice. There isn't that many songs that are belted out, uh, vocally stand out, and she is really hammering it out. I think she can get to the final. I think she can be top five in the jury vote. That gives her a squeak of sneaking into the top 10. I don't think it's going to do that well at the telly vote. But if it can somehow finish 12th to 13th at the telly vote, 33 to 1 about Albania top 10 um, is very, very big. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be laying it at 10 or 12 to 1. So I think maybe have a squeak in Albania um, top 10, but outright overall best bet, just lump on Malta each way. Don't see them out of the four. Actually, I would add uh, one to that because the the Balkan region is quite strong this year because you've got Cyprus, you've got Italy, you've got your Albania, you've also got Serbia, um, you've got Bulgaria. Um, so there's quite a bit of competition for the votes. But one thing I would say is given the the PR this song has done, I wouldn't overlook Serbia. They have a big... Um, they're, they're quite popular in that region, I think, Gav, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're, they're generating quite a bit of PR. Now, I'm not a massive one of the song, but uh, it's surprising quite a few people and should qualify. 
Um, I just wonder whether, I mean, when I had a bet on it, I think it was over 20 to 1 for the top 10. It's now down sort of circa 10s, uh, I would say. I, I think that's still worth a little punt. Okay, listen, guys, thanks a million for coming on and lending some advice. Uh, Eurovision 2021 starts with the first semi on 18th of May and semi-final two is on the 20th before the grand final on the 22nd. For all of your Eurovision betting needs, offers and whatnot, do stick with gamma.com and run up at the competition. And until the next time, we will say goodbye.